Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. It's a bit of a kind of abbreviated review of the weekend and looking forward to the Huddersfield game, so thanks for joining us. And our guest is a big Forest fan and um, a personal friend, for full disclosure, but I'm sure uh, he'll be giving us some good insight. It's Pete Blackburn, who I used to work at the Post. Uh, thanks for joining us, Pete. Thanks for having me. What did you make of it? Once you got to watch it, as you said, it was a bit of a frustration at the start of the kind of I follow fiasco. But what did you make of the weekend? Yeah, I was one of one of a, a rather large, angry, baying crowd on Twitter. I think who couldn't quite get it to work. Um, I really enjoyed it actually. I, I I'd been quite sceptical about the return of football and the sort of political side of things and that sort of stuff. But when Forrest came, I think it it made me realise just how important it is to be invested in in a game. I've enjoyed watching the Premier League and Bundesliga and that sort of stuff. But it's just not quite the same, especially obviously without the crowds and all that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But when it, when it was Forest, I was I was right back in it, just as I would be if I was in the city ground or watching it elsewhere. And that being invested in the game was just a, a huge deal. I think um, I thought I thought the game was good. The intensity was really quite impressive. I was I was struck by the energy of the players, certainly for the first sort of seventy eighty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Forest played quite well, and we sort of it was our Natural game plan. Try to um, try to keep it tight, low block, um, and then spring the counter when when the opportunity came. I think we didn't look quite um, as sharp on the counter as we perhaps would have would have liked to. And there's a few times when that rustiness was there, um, but I think we defended quite well generally. And I mean, ultimately, we were you know one one mistake on our way from executing the game plan and doing what we what we like to do and winning the winning the one 0 So. I thought, it was a, I thought it was a good game and quite a good start for Forest, really. It felt like football then. Obviously, you talk about the lack of the crowd and the lack of atmosphere. It still felt like football as it, as you know it. It did to me. I think I've noticed the lack of crowd a lot um, during the other games and I've tended to turn the, the crowd sound off because I, I find it a bit jarring. It seems a bit out of sync and that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But with Forest, because I was so into it and, and so, um, so involved, I suppose, um, I just totally forgot about everything. Um, and that was quite reassuring in a way, really, because I don't think I was expecting that to happen. I think it, I think it probably helped that I thought the game was quite a good standard, actually, because um, a, a lot of these games have had that sort of pre-season friendly vibe about them. But I really didn't think it was that at all. It was straight back into the sort of thick of championship intensity, really. What did you make of the team selection? Obviously, no Watson. Sow seems, you know, this seems like a proper long-term problem for him. So Brennan Johnson got his chance. What did you make of him and the selection overall? Well, it's always it's always worrying um, this season if if Sal and Watson aren't around, or if yeah. I mean Sal's obviously was something we're getting used to him being in and out of the team. He clearly has sort of longer term injury problems, and we do miss him when he's not there. I think Watson's the biggest one because I think I don't think we have anyone who slots in and does the job that he does, um, and he's so important um, as a footballer. And <clears throat> excuse me, and in terms of sort of the, his character as well, clearly. 
Um, so missing both of those guys is, is, a, is a big deal. Um, I think Yates and Thiago Silva did, did the best they could. Um, it's clearly not Thiago's um, sort of key skill set, really, sort of trying to break up the play and sitting that deep. Um, but I think he did a really good job of it. I mean, he's an all-round excellent player, so I think that's I think that is something he can do if we need him to. It's a worry for the long term, without without a doubt. Especially, I mean, it seems likely that perhaps neither will be fit for Huddersfield, um, so we'll have to continue like this. Um, on Brennan, I was really excited. Um, he, I was I was actually quite impressed by the sort of size of him as well. To be honest, he looks like he's really really sort of come on as a as a an adult man, I guess. He looks he looks impressive. And, I mean, he's always been a really classy-looking footballer. Um, mm-hmm. he, glide, he glides around the football pitch. And he's one of those players, he he, he just looks like it's, he's come from the Forest Academy. You can see that sort of the philosophy of Gary Brazil coming out of him. He's clearly a, uh, a really old head on young shoulders, um, just like the rest of them are. They're all such good people as well as good footballers. They want to play in a, in a nice, attractive way and express themselves. And I, I thought he looked good. I think um, it felt like he was perhaps just starting to come into the game a bit more when he was substitute as well, which is a bit of a shame. But I think um, perhaps legs were um, not quite there. I do think that... Um, I do think that playing behind, uh, playing in front of no crowds might suit uh, young players like him as well, without the sort of immediate pressure from fans mm. and the sort of rash judgment that you often get after a few minutes of a couple of mistakes from a young player, and perhaps they're written off in a lot of people's minds. So I'm hoping we can see a bit more of him this season. Uh, you got in ahead of Carvalho, which kind of opens up the perennial Carvalho can of worms. Where do you see Zhao's situation? Is just one of those with so many games coming up that he probably will get his chance? Do you think? I imagine he'll feature at some point, but I mean, if if Brennan's being picked ahead of him at this point, um, we've obviously seen Thiago Silva picked ahead of him in when he's played further forward a lot of the season, and Lolly playing in the ten. You've you've got to think that time is probably numbered. At, uh, his days are probably numbered at Forest. Really, hmm. it's a shame. He's clearly a man of serious talent and he he looks lovely when he's when he's flying and he does take Forrest to a he does have the sort of ability to take Forrest to another level and I think we've seen it in in glimpses the way he links up with other players particularly the sort of perhaps the more intelligent attacking players like Lolly um and I I think it would be a shame but I'm starting to think that it's inevitable that he will he will go to be honest um perhaps at the end of the season if if they can do a deal with Olympiacos, probably, I guess. Because, um, I, I mean, he hasn't really advertised himself to other clubs while he's been here, I suppose. I think if, if he does have a part to play this season, it might be in games where Forrest needs to, to sort of step up and try and dominate a little bit more, or sort of against our normal plan A. And perhaps he, he might even have a role to play coming off the left. I think he's spoken about that mm. um, being a, a route into the team for him. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out, um, and I'd, I'd love to see him do well because I think if if he was playing and playing well, then we'd be looking very good. But whether or not that's um, just a bit of a pipe dream or not, I'm, I'm not too sure. Well, how did you see Forest goal? I mean, it, some good build up and a good finish. To be fair, wasn't it? I mean, it was just it was classic Forest this year. The, the main reason we've been so exciting to watch when when we have been is because Cash and Lolly just had this remarkable sort of telepathic understanding. I, d- mm. I don't think I've seen a sort of full-back and winger partnership at, at this level like it, really. Cash is just so dynamic and always gives that threat on the outside, which means Lolly can come inside with potentially a bit of space, even though everyone knows that's what he's going to do. Um, and when, when Lolly's in that position, I mean, 
he is just so clinical. That was, I mean, I think it was a remarkable um, finish in the way he took the goal, to be honest. A lot of pressure, um, really not the easiest not the easiest opportunity, but when he's there, you just feel confident. And I mean, he was sharp all game. He he had a few um, a few efforts from further out that looked like um, he was sort of right back in it and really hadn't gone away. Um, so yeah, I think that's really really promising for the season ahead. Both of them staying fit is is pretty key. I think if you if you lose them, you lose so much threat. Um, and really, that is that is very much our main threat, as long along with um, grabbing sort of prowling in the box. Um, so they'll be desperately, desperately hoping to keep them both of them fit. Do you think that kind of bond between them is because it's kind of a winger and a winger in a sense? And Cash knows what Lolly's going to do. Possibly. I mean, also I think it's because they're both just exceptional players. I mean, I think most of us probably didn't see this coming with Matty Cash. Um, I've always thought he was a, a, a sort of a bright footballer. Perhaps wondered if he was going to be one of those players who who maybe wouldn't find a position particularly. Um, I didn't. I didn't know whether he was going to be an eight. Was he a winger? Um, mm. Was he a wing back? But he's just found a role where he can do a lot of the damage that he does anyway. Um, further at the pitch, um, but he can do it from deeper, and that gives him space to run into. And he's just so powerful and penetrating when he when he runs forward with the ball. And I mean, on top of all that, he t- he turns out to be an absolutely fantastic defender. I mean, in in his own right as a fullback, he's he's got the lot. He he blocks crosses all game, um, which I think you don't see from a lot of established fullbacks at this level, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I think it's just that they're they're both outstanding footballers, and clearly they're both both their instinct is to, is to drive forward with the ball. Um, and do it as quickly as possible. And that suits us really on on the sort of counter-attacking style that we like. Not for the first time this season, even though there's been such a big gap between games, Forrest couldn't see out the game to, you know, for, for a 1-0 win. What did you make of, well, it was a terrible goal. What did you make of it? It was an awful goal to concede. I mean, yeah. how, how bad a goal was it to concede? It's not one that I want to be watching again, I don't think. I think um, perhaps it's it may be a bit lazy of me to write it off as tiredness but I think generally speaking I know we have given away a lot of goals late, late in games but generally speaking I, I still feel quite confident um, with Forrest defending that sort, of, that sort of time in the game we see it so often where they go one up in a, one up in a game and they spend 15, 20, 25 maybe even longer minutes mm. um, really just, just battling it out and, but you, you do feel confident because of the players that are there and um, you have Watson sitting there patrolling and, and him and Sal breaking up a lot of the ball when it comes um, into our half. And then you feel pretty confident usually with, with whichever combination of Warrell, Figueroa and Dawson are, are frankly just standing standing in the box heading it away. Um, in this occasion, I, th- I think tiredness is probably the key factor. I mean, just before, just before it went in, uh, Figueroa looked like he was going to pass out. I, think, mm. I don't think I've ever seen a footballer look so tired. Um, on the pitch, apart from in the, some of the amateur games that I've played in. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to assume that it was just the sort of the relentlessness of allowing Sheffield Wednesday to attack constantly, which I think is our game plan. So it's, it's sort of okay. We, you, I generally feel quite confident that we'll see it off. But I, I guess coming back after such a long break, perhaps the, the, the sort of fitness levels, maybe the, the concentration that comes with that just aren't quite there yet. Um, so you, we may have seen the. Um, that come into play a little bit there, I suppose. But I mean, ultimately, I think Sheffield Wednesday probably deserved a point from the game anyway. Um, it hurt because it was late, but mm. realistically, I think both teams were, were pretty good um, and probably deserved to take something away from it. 
would you have taken a point before? But when you consider the Forest record against Wednesday, I think they'd lost nine out of ten. They'd obviously lost four nil at home. Was it before a ball was kicked? Was it, would a point have been a decent return? You think? I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not a great person to ask because I think before every Forest game that we're going to get trounced, and I'm terrified. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not great at being optimistic because I I just feel so scared <laughs> before and during every game. Um, but no, I think I would have taken a point probably, especially knowing how the other results went and that we weren't we weren't going to sort of fall fall into a position where um, the gap had been closed massively. Um, I mean, I think that's as crucial as anything, really. You tick off a game and you're still five points clear. Um, you've got probably got to take that as a as a decent week or a decent um, round of games, really. Uh, you mentioned tiredness there. The games are obviously going to be pretty relentless. Do you think Sabri has to make a couple of changes for the Huddersfield game? Well, I think I mean he can. I think he can certainly get away of not making any changes for the Huddersfield game because it's um, you know it's a, it's a it's a good week of uh, of rest in in theory. I suppose it depends how he's feeling about what comes after that. I mean, I think my my feeling is probably we can't afford to make too many changes, assuming that Sal and Watson are um, not going to be available. I think I suppose there's there are there are a few options in there. You could probably bring Bostock in, and he might be able to do a slightly more disciplined job of that Ben Watson role mm. um, than perhaps Silver or Yates are really sort of equipped to do. Um, but ultimately, I think we probably need to try and get a result. Um, we, we, we could really do a result against Huddersfield. Um, they didn't, from the, from the, by the sounds of what I've heard, they didn't, didn't look too good in their last game. I think they dominated the ball, but only had one shot on target for the whole game. So I think we should probably try and take it to them a little bit um, and... I think we've seen that when we bring in um, some of our backup players, we do seem to sort of the, the level drops somewhat. I think you saw it in the game um, last week with some of the subs, um, yeah. particularly particularly when Amiobi leaves the pitch. I don't think I would have been expecting to say it at the start of the season, but what he offers is is sort of remarkable, really, both going going forward, but also in our um, in our defence in our defensive work. So I do worry about making many changes, to be honest, and I think. Perhaps you go go with the st- st- strongest squad you can for this game, with particularly with Watson and Sal out, and, and really try and get the points. And then you have to think about it from there. Yeah, I mean, three more points takes them on to 64 points. Historically, 72, 73 gets you in the playoffs. So you kind of have to chase the points they're on offer and then think about the next game in this kind of unique situation, you think? I think so. I think we could probably be, we could maybe afford to be a bit more tactical about things if you had um, a sort of fully fit squad at this point. But with with two our first two um, sort of centre mids out, it's it's pretty difficult to do. You're talking about a lot of changes from the, the team that we we sort of know um, the first level. We know if you if you accept they're both out and then make further changes. And like you say, points on the board at this point just seems like the, the way to go if you can if you can possibly get them. Pressure will come into it as the season goes on, and ultimately we don't know much about how this Forest side will do with pressure. Um, you think generally Lamucci seems the sort who you would be quite confident in, very calm, um, calm chap, and I think the players seem very confident in him. But ultimately, you don't know how players will deal deal with um, the, the, the sort of pressure of being in that last playoff spot, perhaps, and uh, other teams elsewhere sort of gunning for you. So, I think get the points early if you can. Do you think? Uh... A Crowley team, they can be quite physical. We've seen Forest struggle against physical sides in the past. Is that is that a big concern when you think of games like the Middlesbrough game and stuff like that? It's definitely a worry. Um, I think you're, you're generally most concerned about this Forest side when we play against those teams like Millwall and they've got 
someone like Matt Smith up front or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Huddersfield do have a bit of, bit of that about them. Um, I mean, Grant up front is a, a sort of a constant a constant worry. I think if you're playing at Huddersfield, um, and like you say, the the, the Cowleys have got them playing some some pretty interesting stuff off the ball, and it can be quite unpleasant to watch. I think personally. Um, so yeah, it, I do think it's a worry, and I think that's probably more of a worry without without Ben Watson. Um, not necessarily because of the physicality. I mean, he does have a bit of that, but more the sort of keeping your head side of things. Um, and I, I do worry about perhaps players like Yates in a game in a game like this, where there's sort of potential for it to get needly, and mm. he's he's sort of shown himself to that he can, he can give away those yellows quite easily and such like. So. I think perhaps you you need some of the the sort of wiser heads in the team, really. Um, but ultimately, we've got what we've got. Um, so it, I, I do. I mean, this is exactly the sort of game that that does worry me. But but ultimately, I don't think they're that good a team. I think we're a better team, um, and I don't think we should be afraid of them. Do you think the lack of a crowd is a big factor, considering, as you say, the way Forest play? That, you know, they often look better away from a home. Do you think it might, in the case of Forest compared to other teams, not having their fans there might not be such a big factor? I think it's it's obviously really hard to say. It's all such, such sort of hypothetical chat at this point. Um, we've sort of no pattern of football yet, but I'm going to be optimistic about it. And I think I do I do agree that the empty stadium at the City Ground has has got to be a good thing for us at this point. I think because, as you say, we have one very defined style of play. And if it doesn't go perfectly, then the, the crowd at the city ground will will grow a bit restless. Um, I think they've been better in sort of recent times, but we do have form for being a little bit of a challenge for our own team, I think. Um, so I think ha- having no crowd will probably mean that Lamucci and the side don't worry. I mean, they probably don't worry anyway, but I don't think there'll be any great worry for them in, in doing things the way they want to do it. And perhaps we'll let Huddersfield have the ball like they did Um against Wigan and uh, I'd be pretty happy to take the same result um, and I think a couple of couple of goals for us on the counter and if they if they want to keep the ball for 70% I think they had last time um, and create nothing and I think Forrest would be perfectly happy with that. How are you feeling overall about the kind of condensed season with Forrest obviously in a strong position but they've got a lot of injuries they haven't got a massive squad in the sense that they've got a lot of players like Pantillamon and guys like that, but they're off to the side. Lamucci's got this core group. They got the players you think to sustain a promotion push and ultimately go up? I think we will need a bit of luck, um, as most teams will, particularly with injuries. I think we can probably ride out um, Ben Watson being out for a little while. I think we have players who can step in and do that job, but we'll need him back. And ultimately we'll need to keep... um, Cash and, and, and Lolly fit. I don't know what the situation is with Samba. I mean, he seemed he seemed to be in some trouble. Um, yeah, yeah. With his, it looked like maybe his groin, um, which is a worry. Uh, I think I think he'd be a huge loss. I think um, it's been a while since we've had a, a keeper where it, he he leaves the the fans and probably the players feeling quite confident. I mean, he can be a bit erratic to be fair, but I think something about his personality and also his quality leaves you feeling pretty confident that he's he's going to be there when you need him to be. And I think he would be a concern as well. So I think ultimately Forrest will need, as as will most teams at this level, because really it's only teams like West Brom and Fulham who, who have the massive squads left over from the Premier League where they can af- afford to carry a few injuries with, you know, whether they've got Charlie Austin on the bench or, or whatever. Um, Forrest aren't going to be able to cope with an injury to um, Graben for the long term, to, to Cash and Lolly for the long term, or probably to Samba. Um, mm. 
so we need to, we need them to stay fit. And um, I mean, I think they're all pretty fit lads generally, apart from Grabbins. Obviously, had his concerns with his Achilles and such like. Um, so we'll need we'll need a bit of luck. And I I think I think Lamucci exudes confidence. And I think I'm I'm I think if he has the sort of the say in things of looking after the players and and such like, I think we can be pretty confident that he'll do. Uh, he'll, he'll be making good decisions and ultimately it'll come down to a bit of luck, I guess. Well, thanks for joining us, Pete. We'll be back with uh, Jeff Thomas later in the week uh, and also we'll be talking about each game as it comes along. So do like and subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts and YouTube and Spotify and anywhere else you get podcasts. Uh, give us a rating, that does help. And uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a Forest win against Huddersfield next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.